You are listening to Ace Comicals, my name's Greg. Today I'm joined by my co-host Leon. Let's get started. Hi guys, welcome to Ace Comicals episode 10. No double zero. And uh, with me today to talk about their recent adventures in funny books is Leon. And we don't have Rahul this time. He spent the bank holiday in Wales, I believe. And he might still be there in Puzzlewood Forest. Man, (laughs) Wales is a scary place. (laughs) (laughs) Strange. You don't want to get lost in Puzzlewood Forest up against Kylo Ren. (laughs) Did you not watch the film? No, it's a scary place. We hope he gets out alive anyway. I hear, I hear it's Tolkien country. I thought that's why he went. Cause it was like yeah, it pretty, pretty much is. I think he did uh, yeah. a whole big uh, journey up there to the Cotswolds and then straight into Middle-earth. Yeah. So, um, we've got a lot of crossover today. Quite quite a list and quite a few things that we've both read. It's nice to hear see that my recommendations are actually permeating, getting through to people. <laughs> it's great. So um, it was about time. Yeah, well, we'll um, I'm going to start with one that we haven't got in common because I've been dying to talk about this, and I'm hoping other people are going to read it because I think it was it's a cool great. title. Yeah, it's called Samaritan Veritas, and um, it's this is like number one. So this just came out this week, but it's actually part of a well last week, I guess, because this week is now going to be May 31st comics when your guy you guys are listening to this. But it's a um, it's like the latest in a long line of interconnected titles, um, all published through Image Comics, all with a very similar theme. You've got, uh, well, you may, some of you may have heard of these. You've got Postal, The Tithe, Think Tank, Eden's Fall, and now this. So it's split into seasons as well, like a TV show. Which I find quite useful. And this is all listed in the back of this first issue. So it tells you basically, if you're starting with this, you don't have to read everything else. But if you want to read everything else, this is how it all starts. What publisher is this? Image. Oh, 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 really? Okay. Top top cow via image. Okay. Yeah. yeah, So you've got um, Think Tank and Postal and The Tithe are season one. Then season two, you've got Volume 4 of Postal, I think it's the 4 and 5, Volumes 4 and 5 of Think Tank and Eden's Fall. And in Season 3, which is what we're up to now, is where Samaritan Veritas starts. Samaritan Veritas. And uh, you've got another volume of Postal. So, I mean, this book is is basically there's a, there's this, this uh, genius hacker girl who has a vendetta against the current American president, who I think became the American president through the events of the previous two seasons of this comic. We call them se- I'm calling them seasons because they're called seasons here. And he's a religious nutcase who perpetrated... Basically, he, he fabricated and perpetrated um, terrorist acts on American soil and then blamed it on... Islamic terrorists. Oh, topical. Yeah. And now he's president and he's like super religious, like Christian nutcase. And she's got a vendetta against him. Uh, and it's all very, it's all explained actually, as you read the comic, like all the events, it, 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 it references events in the previous stuff, but it, it kind of gives you like a bare bones, broad strokes of what happened and says, if you want to read more, read this one. So it's quite good the way it does that, the way it signposts everything. And you don't feel like you've missed anything. Because I'm jumping into this brand new. I knew nothing about any of this before reading this first issue. Hmm. And I don't feel like I've missed a thing. It doesn't feel like jumping into like no, it doesn't... TV show in season three. No, it really does not feel like I'm jumping into the middle of anything. It feels like the beginning of a story, which I think is really hmm. nice. Is it, it more sort of like um, Discworld in a way? Where there's different jumping on points? I guess, yeah. I, I, I would say... Um... But with a more obvious uh, order, yeah. I assume. Yeah, yeah, like Discworld with, say, like Discworld with a more obvious order, or even like some Marvel titles, but okay. more obvious 
and less convoluted. So like a clean version of something Marvel or DC might have attempted. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, not to put too much shade on Marvel and DC, but yeah. <laughs> um, the the cover of this book is um, it's Yon Hacker Girl standing with a handheld device, portable. Uh, I think it looks it's like a smartphone. She's got like her files under one arm and the whole the the, the colouring is green and yellow. It's all framed in green and yellow with like dark shadows and things like that. And a lot of the book actually appears to be uh carry a similar theme. I mean there are the uh, there's there's a point where it gets more colourful. Um that's where because obviously after the events of the previous books she's had something to do with it and she's decided to escape and go off the grid and live in France for a bit. And that's all nice and colourful. But then it's kind of like um for me, it's it's shades of green and yellow seem to be a running theme. Okay. She's um she's blonde for a start, so there's no getting away from that. Um, and she has green eyes as well, actually, which I've just noticed. Um, so it's kind. I think it's kind of like a play on that. Mm. Um, and it's actually it's really good. It's kind of like um, twenty four. With like a really tech edge. Oh really? Okay, that's got, it's, it's quite from, interesting. It's got like a little bit of a. I don't know why it's. I don't know why it's got twenty fouriness about it to me, but it's. I don't know. It's like Mr. Robot meets twenty four meets government espionage more stuff, which I which twenty four is government espionage anyway. And there's like assassinate. Mm-hmm. There's assassination plots. There's like her hiring mercenaries to carry out a kidnapping for her. Um, she kidnaps some like um, you know one of these like pastors who preaches and then gets you to donate money on tv oh yeah the televangelist yeah yeah. televangelist dude yeah he's like big friends with the president so she kidnaps him and holds him to ransom Hmm. um for some like resources um and yeah it's really cool so i think that the the series is basically going to follow this this girl's mission this this one woman one woman mission to take down the american president which i think is pretty cool actually i quite like it Uh, Um, i've got two questions for you then yeah go ahead um one, um, I mean, is what are your overall feelings on, on, on it? Is it from all the stuff you said? It, it definitely sounds like things that ring my bells and um, interest me. Is it something that you would stick with? It's something I'm going to stick with. Um, it interests me. Uh, it, things like this don't usually interest me that much. Hmm. I think I think this is why you're asking this question because you know yeah. me and you know that this kind of stuff is usually not my not my cup of tea. But I I actually you know I picked this up on a whim, and I thought it sounded interesting because I, I wanted to see how how they would do this in a comic because it's not it's not usual for me anyway. It's not usual comic material, but I I I really really like it. I quite enjoy it, and I'll continue following it and. Yeah, I think I think it, I, the reason I equate it to things like Twenty Four and um, Mister Robot. Robot is because I quite enjoy Twenty Four, and I've I, I've watched season one and part of season two of Mister Robot. I've not finished it yet, mm. but I think I'm going to persevere with it to see it to the end. I wasn't that impressed with season two, but I don't think a lot of people were. Mm. So, but yeah, I mean, I I I quite in, I quite enjoy this. So um, I will be picking up issue two and I'll be continuing on with it and following on. I might even read some of the back stuff, actually. Well, well that was going to be my second question. Is yeah. that, um, has this inspired you to check out seasons one and two? It has, yes. I think I will probably go back and pick up some of the other stuff and read through it because it's... You know what, actually? It's very TV. I think that's why they put it into seasons because it is something yeah. that is very TV. And so, I mean, it's my favourite analogy to make on every comic that we read. Yeah, uh, it sounds like this one is the perfect one for that. It's just the most TV thing I've ever read. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely yeah. going to put it on my list. From from what you've said, it does sound, at the very least, uh, intriguing. It's the most Le- it's, the, it's the most Leon book, I think that, that I've got here in front of me. Yeah, but yeah, check it out. You'd enjoy it, I think. Um, next one that I've got in my stack because I've got them all sort of like, I've got um, Victor Laval or Victor Lavale. To Laval's Destroyer, Lavali, Lavali. Yeah, how uh, we don't. We're sorry for butchering your name. If you're listening, <laughs> we're really sorry. Yeah, um, but we're. I think which one should we go with? Should we go? Should we go with Lavale? 
I'm just going to change it every time I say it. Okay. <laughs> One of them's going to be right, right? Until he uh, tweets us and, say, and gives us a yeah. recommendation, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going yeah. to go with whatever is in my head at the time. Please accept our apology, man, please. Um, but we really like your book. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> This is uh, Victor Lavelle's Destroyer, which... Well, um, yeah, this is the one where, like, um, after you reading it, uh, immediately after you you like dropped what the basic premise was, and you said, oh, "I think think you guys would really like it." So based on that, I jumped on it as well. Yeah, it's one of those things where I, I it's like I, I don't really don't want to be the only person reading this. You know, I need people to talk about, put, talk mm. talk pe- talk to people about with this. You know, it's like I can't I can't really can't be the only person reading it. And and again, it's another one that um, that I really enjoyed. It's basically it's like a modern Frankenstein story. So I think it's actually is it a di- it's like actually like um, a direct sequel, isn't it, to the original yeah. Frankenstein? Yeah, pretty much. It's set um, like a, a couple centuries after the original story, and uh, it actually opens with the original monster. Um, he's in Antarctica and just chilling. Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the book, does he, he goes off to find solitude? Doesn't he? At the end of the original. I believe so. Like solitude, yeah, to be be away from horrible humanity. Mm. And uh, we find him here in Antarctica, and you know he's he's just chilling, dives in the water. He's swimming with whales, and then uh, all of a sudden, a Japanese whaling vessel descends, and harpoons go in the water. There's blood, and um, he's not happy. About he gets it. gets angry. Gets very angry. And uh, he carnage ensues because he climbs aboard the Japanese vessel and kills the crew. Basically, we've got like a Greenpeace boat as well, or a, like a, a you know a, a, a this book's approximation of Greenpeace. And on this boat, we've got a crew of like activists and uh, people who they actually end up um, revering him for what he's done. I mean, what he's done, it's like complete violence taking out this this boat full of like you know usual greenpeace way or or the usual way of these these protesters when they um they they turn up and they try to disrupt don't they which i think is probably the goal of these guys but there seems to be some more militant elements amongst them on the boat yeah um and you're not sure if it's for protection or if there's some sort of uh deeper um yeah uh, goal but it's funny because like the the green pc crew are quite um reverent or uh or fearful but then the redhead yeah. who's like um is she the daughter of the captain or i'm not, I'm not too sure but um yeah she's quite important on the boat mm. but, like she's she's just instantly making deals and chatting to him yeah everyone like, else has no fear everyone else drops to one knee and she's just standing there there's like this great couple of panels where they're all on one knee, heads bowed, like he's a king before them. Because he's <laughs> took out this Japanese whaling vessel, then he's climbed aboard their vessel, and he's just standing there, and everyone else drops to one knee, and he's just there, just like... <clears throat> and she's just like, you know, trying to make deals with him. She's like, we can use him, you know. He's mm. powerful, he's violent, he could be our weapon in the fight against unnecessary whale death. Uh, and her reasoning is, you know, like, why should I feel anything for them? They just took out that whale and calf, and the guy obviously the, the captain of the boat is like it's not right this ain't right um and you get the impression that they were there for a reason that they kind of knew he might have been there because uh, then there's some shady phone calls between yeah. the uh captain and an unknown um and it's like the captain had been sent on this mission to retrieve the original monster um as part of a research thing um and there's some really cool moments here where they use um, they use music. I picked up on the song lyrics. I don't know if you did. Uh, um, yeah, here and there. Yeah, well, the the um, the first one that I picked up on was um, Saint Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store, which is Johnny Cash, mm. sixteen tons. Um, and the second one I picked up on was the. Um, it's uh, later on in the book, and it's the Partisan by Lennon Cohen. Uh, see that that was partially familiar, but I wasn't. I, I didn't. I couldn't uh, pinpoint it. I so, didn't get a chance to look it up. <laughs> yeah. So long story short, 
um, the monster does one on this boat as well because he realizes that these people are like just as bad, and like she she catches him up. She and you've got like these, um, you know, like showing him showing him world wars. The fact we can fly now, electricity, uh, the atom bomb, and you've got a load of cows in a slaughterhouse, and then you've got um, S- Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs, yeah, with the iPhone, and then uh, you see a kid get shot. Yeah, some uh, police brutality kid getting shot in the back. Police brutality, yeah. Young boy getting shot in the back. Uh, With his arms in the air as well, man. Um, And we've got... The the story continues. um, Monster trashes the whole boat. And um, we get back into uh, the US and this research group that want the original monster or seemingly want the original monster have been communicating with... um, They've, they've got a group of scientists that they call the alchemists, which I believe are people that have fiddled out or, or, or figured out, almost figured out the riddle um, of being able to restore people to life or follow Dr. Frankenstein's research and work and attempted to replicate it at some point. It's with the impression I get anyway. Um, and Yeah, and I, I think like... Um that's a good place to sort of drop the overview yeah um, i don't want to go any further and spoil it <laughs> yeah because uh it, there is some interesting stuff they they do with that and the whole frankenstein law mm. um but i mean what what initially grabbed you with this initially... Why was this your your good your big recommendation um the initial grab for me was the frankenstein thing mm-hmm. like that's what initially got me interested. It's like, oh, modern continuation of Frankenstein. And then also because of how relevant the book is, hmm. it's like it's very on the pulse of what's going on in the world today, I believe. It's quite relevant um, with the fact that the um, the other people that were introduced to, uh, we have a scientist mother and her son who is no longer with us. And he was the boy who was shot it's the police brutality thing and it's the um he's a he's it's like a a young black boy being shot basically by the police mm. um and we get the impression that it wasn't justified and his, oh, it's, uh, it's arms arms in the air yeah the <laughs> yeah <laughs> wasn't justified didn't need it didn't need to happen um it's it's one of the you know like it, it, there's there's many of these stories in the news these days um and it's all you know it's all terrible and yeah and he's quite young he's like 12 years old he's 12 years old at the time yeah and his mother is is one of these scientists and she's get the point you get the idea that she's attempting to revive him or has been attempting to bring him back um and that that was it's yeah it's it's relevant and it's a continuation of the original frankenstein uh for me and it's um it's the way it's the way that he's done it, the way that he's brought it up into the modern world, and the way that he's. Um... That's thing because it's very striking. For, yeah. For first issue, usually with first issues, it's tough for me. I find it hard to just read one issue and then try and have a um, a, a point or a, a view on 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 whether I enjoy it or not or what it's about. But I think like this is very striking like earlier on and that's including the cover up grabs you straight away doesn't it like yeah right from page interesting. one yeah because and what what one of the things that you said that got me interested in this is they sold it as like uh i think you gave it a, 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 a basic overview and you were like uh yeah, it's the frankenstein story but in modern day um but then you brought up about uh the uh, the kid the kid being shot and that and that's mm. what uh, uh, piqued my interest uh, more than usual yeah uh, so I thought oh there's only one issue out as well I'll, I'll jump on this one based on your recommendation but um, yeah there, there's so many like um, striking things about it um, not just the uh, the story and, and like even in the, the few pages they give you and some of the sort of memories and not really flashbacks but like memories between the the scientist and uh her son it it is quite uh striking because it immediately connects you to 
uh, like some of the stories you would have heard, like for instance, the more famous ones like uh, Trayvon Martin and such. Like, yeah, it, it's uh, it's immediately striking where you have these circumstances, and what would you do if you had the power to bring back a loved one who was taken too early? And I think in that way, uh, it's made to relate to the original um, uh, Frankenstein story by Mary Shelley. Um, and I think the, the author had some extra uh, views on that saying that um, yeah, she, how like she had like had a miscarriage or like uh, lost a kid quite young. And this was written not too, not too long after that. Um, yeah. It was, it was like her Frankenstein book was written not too long after it. So yeah. you can feel a lot of the, uh, sort of uh, pathos and uh, sort of fear um, on the pages of that book. Mm. Uh, I've not read it in a long time, but um, I remember it being quite striking. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a fan of classic horror stories anyway, which is one of the things that drew, drew me to it. And then what you've mentioned as well, with it with it being on the pulse and with it being quite relevant to, de- to today's world, I wanted to mm. see, I wanted to, I like seeing that reflected. Yeah. I like seeing when people take um when people take what's happening in the world and reflect it in their work in this way but like in an effective way where yeah, it's, yeah. it's not just uh window dressing yeah. but then also yeah. at the same time it's not just the focal point this isn't some big statement piece this is more this is a crazy uh sort of horror speculative speculative fiction story yeah where i'm going to bring in some of these real uh real elements and mm. i think the it, it's it, it's handled in a, in a in a pretty uh death way and i think that is just because of the place it's coming from in terms of it being uh written and uh drawn by uh to uh african-american men uh like who live in america so you're getting that side of it where it's like um some sort of um like feeling like sort of the Mm. uh, uneasiness and anxiety of surviving like that but um but being brought into a horror story which like all good horror and all good sci-fi um they are about the world around us and various elements of the human condition uh, taken to their most hyperbolic, and so I think yeah, in this first issue is it, it it's re- it's really intriguing because it, it's it hooks you straight away, and it's like now I'm sort of regretting having read issue one because I have to wait for issue two. Got to wait a uh, whole month now, man. Yeah, like I'm I'm a trade boy, you know, <laughs> I'm a trade. But not not anymore. Be, yeah, I was thinking. Like, I think I w- I will be. Um, trying to keep up with it actually because i want to i want to see at least for the first uh trade arc first five issues or so actually it says one of six doesn't it i think that's just the covers yeah yeah okay okay cool maybe Um, i don't know unless it is actually just one of six yeah because you've got yeah if it's one of six of the volume or so and then uh or if if it's actually that short run but um whatever the case um I'm interested in seeing where they go because the, I mean, like I was saying, that the writing's pretty solid. Um, lots of literary and musical references. You can tell that um, Lavelle Lavalle um, that he is um, quite a fan of that that literature and also ha- has quite a, an, an eclectic um, ear, uh, music-wise. Um, I, I think the art is pretty cool. Um, the I, fi- I found the faces to be it's hard to hard to explain, but it is it's a very style in the sense that it doesn't look like a lot of other stuff that is out, but it's not wildly esoteric in any way. It's just you have very expressive faces. Um, the, the way uh, hair and eye color are used yeah, yeah. is very interesting. It, it looks like it mixes. Um, like sort of no, normal coloring with like um, new, uh, newer um, uh, like digital coloring. Mm. 
for like the more technological parts. So it's quite a nice uh, comic to look at and read, um, and I'm interested to see where it goes. It's very different, but also very familiar. Yeah, yeah, I quite like it. I quite like how they um, they flesh out a character enough at the beginning. They give you a character, and they 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 start to flesh her out. And you start to get the the impression that she's going to be someone important in the story because she's in it for a few pages, and then, wham, <laughs> he destroys that boat too. You know, it's like <laughs> I quite I quite like that. I quite like that it has that. You know, and no, yes, that's a spoiler, but you know what? You should be reading it, so I'm not even going to apologise. <laughs> but it's it's very yeah. minor, and I, I would uh, yeah. recommend yeah. that um, you at least try out. Uh, issue one and see how you yeah. see what you think. No, yeah, you should you should read issue one because I think it's great. Um, the next thing I have to talk about is something that I've been following, and I've got the first three books now. It's uh, Underwinter, which is entirely by a man named Ray Fox. Uh, art and writing. Um, now Ray Fox is like a fine artist, as well as being um as well as working on comics and writing comics and things um and i think i may have touched on this book before may have talked about it a little in a previous episode uh the art is like an ethereal fever dream it's um it's all watercolors and pencils and it's beautiful um now when i've touched it it's a difficult book to describe because it is I think when I've when I've described it before, so from issue one, we have a group of musicians who are down on their luck and are given a very lucrative gig playing for a billionaire or millionaire. Um, and uh, the, 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 they're told that they're playing for a, a sex party, like some kind of like S&M sex party uh, in a basement in a very fancy house. Um, and they are given... They they are to play blindfolded and they are given ten thousand dollars each per gig. Um, but in the end of the first book, the one of the um, musicians' blindfold slips and he sees what he's actually playing to, and it's not a billionaire sex party. Um, <laughs> so um, Ooh, intriguing. Yeah, and then uh, it moves on through issue two and the dread and the tension builds and they continue to play these gigs. And it seems to be having an effect on the uh, musicians themselves. They seem to be behaving differently, a little more erratically. Um, They seem to be indulging their vices and desires a little more. Mm. So they get a little bit more... um, How should I put this? Free hedonistic, with, yeah, a little bit more hedonistic than than usual because they're already quite hedonistic people, or some of them are anyway. From the impression you get from issue one, um, but they get it, it seems that they get you know a little worse as it goes on, and maybe it's to do with what they're actually playing their music to. Maybe it's to do with these gigs that they're participating in, um, and I just want to see how it ends up now. I want to see this 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 you know crazy evil force or whatever it is that they're playing to. I want to, I want to know what all this is about. <laughs> people with ink bleeding from their eyes and you know every orifice in their body and 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 ah, it's so cool and so creepy. It's it's like a real like um, it's a real slow burner, but it's like it gets under your skin. It really does. Sounds like a good hook. Yeah, to, for to a have for a first issue for a horror comic, man. You know, it's not it's not like it's not your standard horror story. It's one of those really like um, you know really, really psychological horror stories. Like not your standard horror story that has a a a um. Ones that sort of uh, getting your head. Yeah, and... the ones that are not not one of the ones that has a defined focal point. So mm. something like it has a defined focal point. 
because Pennywise is the defined focal point. We already know he's bad news. But you mean where the horror isn't personified in a particular thing, but it's more a a, a sense of uh, dread and all-encompassing dread. Yes, yes, and it builds up, but then it will be solidified into a form at some point, and that form will be like, the culmination of all the terror and all the dread that has been built up through the issues uh all the um you know everything and and you get you get the feeling that it will be coming to and i think this story i think underwinter is designed i think i don't think it was meant to be one story i think it's it's um it's there's going to be a new story after this i think this is the first one so this is symphony and when Symphony finishes, there'll be another story. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, and I think they're all going to be in the same vein, the same kind of like... Kind of like an anthology series. Yeah, but not an anthology because it's, it's, it's only one story at a time. Yeah, yeah. But um, you've got... Um, I think this is getting towards the end now. So this is part three. But I think we're going to see the end of Symphony soon. Maybe in the next issue, maybe in the next two issues. But... Um, this one opens with a guy on his knees in the woods, in the snow, with, um, there's like, uh, binding sigils and, and, like, occult sigils scarred into the trunks of the trees around him. Okay, so it's, uh, uh, yeah. it's a bit Blair Witchy. Yeah. Roanoke. I think, I think it's, um, a little bit eldritch, a little bit, um... It's, it's like there's this malevolent force that you can't you can't look at directly or that you can't I don't know but I, I really want to know what it is and I want to carry on reading it because it's fantastic <laughs> and I think other, <laughs> I think other people that enjoy horror should read it because it's one of the better horror stories I've read and he really gets across um, the the whole like even even from the beginning when he's describing like in the f- the first book, when he's describing the way the musician plays f- violin, and but he's it's like from the some from somebody else's dream. Mm. So from from one of the musicians having a dream about being played like a violin, but it's almost like um, way he's describing it. It's almost like bondage and S and M. Yeah, because he's like you know. So, but it's I don't know. It's so different and so psychological and gets in your head and it's just i just think it's great for that and i'd I'd completely recommend it to anyone who loves horror or likes likes um likes their grown-up psychological horror because just what it is it's not it's not the usual horror story where there's a defined focal point and there's something for you to be scared of that is a um as you've mentioned with the previous book we were discussing a blown out of proportion caricature of something that you would fear in your everyday life or something that you would come across in your everyday life that might make you uneasy blown out to the nth level you know but yeah i recommend that so if you can get hold of books one and two please do read book three because it's brilliant it really is and so book three is the one that's uh, ongoing at the moment yeah, yeah, book th- well, book three yeah. is the one that's been released just now, so we're okay. at, well, issue three, yeah. Um, and that's like the third one that is independently published of the three that we've talked about. So three for three right now. I don't Who, think... Who's, uh, who's Underwinter published by? Um, it's Image. Oh, Image it's, it's again. Image okay. label, it's Ray Fawkes independently published though, so Ray Fawkes has done all of this himself. He's the artist and the writer. Uh, yeah. That's cool. That's mm. cool. Well, I'm going to bring up a comic that I uh, found all by myself that I think you'd be really interested in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's called God Shaper. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know if you've heard about I've, it. I've, um, I've heard some stuff about this, yeah. <laughs> I've heard it's a good book, yeah. Uh, like, th- this, I'm going to say up front, this is, um, this, this is a book where, um, like, from when, when you... Um, brought it up and recommended it this is one where just the concept and 
the that first cover uh, uh two things that just um sort of hooked me in and uh intrigued me so I thought yeah I've got, I've got to give this a go and um it's really good <laughs> it's really good I've I've only um read the first two issues so far mm. um but it's really good I mean Basic. I mean, you've you've explained the premise on the show before, but like the basic premise is in this world where you have everyone has their own little uh, god uh, that they basically control and follows them around, and they they use them to do different things. And then you have an underclass who who are godless, but um, but they have the power to shape gods. Um, so they're basically the handymen of the uh, of the universe, um, but they're they're looked on with such disdain and uh, treated pretty harshly. And certain places have like a one no goddy, which is what they called um, the town um, at a time, uh, no no goddies at night type thing. And they're basically pushed to be on the fringes of society while also being in a way, the backbone, like the classic sort of uh, blue-collar um, conundrum that you get. But, um, yeah, this is amazing, because um, set in the US, uh, early 20th century, right? Well, it starts off telling you that in the 1950s, something went wrong, and everything uh, yeah, everything yeah, that yeah. used science went, and yeah, now, yeah. Everyone's, now everyone's relying on gods. Yeah. Their own personal um, gods. But it, it, oh, it's brilliant. Like, I mean, first off, like the art uh, by uh, Jonas Gunface. I mean, uh, writer Simon uh, Spurrier, Spurrier. Um, yeah. And the art is done by uh, Jonas Gunface, and like the art is amazing. I I kind of find it hard to explain uh, to vocalize what the art is like because it's again, it's something I'm I'm saying nearly every uh, book that we bring up is like. The art is just so different from everything else. Like, uh, no, no um, disrespect to a lot of the uh, uh, sort of bigger comics out there, and your Marvels, your DCs, uh, even your indie ones like your Images and your um, IDWs. But you, you have a sort of like aesthetic that a lot of these books have. Different ones, but you have these sort of main aesthetics where you open up a comic, even depending on the artist. You're like, I bet this is on. Marvel. I bet this is on Image or something. Whereas this, it's kind of like a storybook mixed with like a cartoon. Mm. Uh, it, it's hard to explain, but uh, I love it. It's like every page, every panel is just bursting. Like it's almost feels animated as you're watching it, um, as like the uh, different characters navigate what uh, what they're doing. Um, what their current goal is going through towns it all feels you can feel like the hustle and bustle you can feel sort of the cold of the night uh, i think it's all really well done and i think um the uh the world building in it is done just nice and um tightly like i think mm. they they divvy out the details to you here and there without any major big exposition uh dumps which i quite like yeah yeah and it's the writing does like a very interesting thing i mean first off it's written um dialogue is written like normally with capital letters and lowercase not mm. like your what you get in a lot of comics which is all like all capitals oh, so i think that was quite interesting but like the way that works is that um Every now and again, characters will like uh, mumble something or say something under their breath, as as we all do when they're talking. And that sort of it's done in a way where the text there is a bit more faded or lighter. And I think it works to create such a such a easy to follow but interesting cadence with how all these people talk because they do speak in a very rhymy uh, alternate universe sort of. American rhyming slang, yeah, but not really rhyming. But I've, there's all these new sort of phrases and, and words that are part of the lexicon that the use, um, yeah. could be tiresome, I guess, if you're not open to that stuff. But for me, it, it's 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 quite a feast. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
I mean, have you have you been keeping up with this? Has there yeah. been any more? Yeah, I've read I've read issue two. Uh, issue three is next month. Uh, um, apparently, um, Jonas is only Jonas Goonface is only doing like six issues of this. So I don't know whether it's going to end after issue six or whether it's going to carry on and somebody else is going to pick up the art. But I'm hoping it doesn't end at issue six because I want it to carry on. I really like it. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's really well paced. Um, read issue two now and there's some great moments in issue two. Some really good comedy moments in issue two as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, it... Uh, it it's it is uh, it's really hard to explain it's a joy to it, read isn't it it's great yeah but it's it's hitting a lot of, like um really interesting elements i mean this whole this whole like sort of punk movement around the no goddies called cantic oh yeah yeah how about that cantic yeah yeah and it, it is it is it's cool to sort of see how people who are treated an underclass in this way are uh, form their own culture and they have these uh, these like sort of rules about like yeah uh, looking after other no goddy orphans and stuff like that like mm. it, it, it it's building quite an interesting world that it has to be more than the six but yeah it would be sad to see Goonface go because the um, even though it's like the the basic um, uh, character designs for for uh, the lead characters are really really cool. Mm. Um, you have like in, in issue one, there's like a really cool sort of um, series of splash pages during like a, a gig of our lead character, and um, they show like the passage of time, but in like one image. Yeah, um, and it's very cool and very uh, subversive in ways. And there's a lot of um, like the way it handles sort of uh, like cause I've read the first two issues as well. I won't give any details away, but the way it handles um, sort of uh, queer identity and like bisexuality is quite interesting, um, and it doesn't even feel like it's like bold. It's just a matter of fact because I'm starting to get uh, the feelings that there's allusions to sort of homophobia and like uh, like gay stereotypes in in the way that um, how the how the no goddies are treated. Um, and we have like I think it's an issue two there's a sort of a monologue going on during a sequence where um, someone's talking about how uh, these people don't have families and they uh, they they're in, insatiable and they're like uh, completely uh, divorced from moral society so it's like it, it, it's doing some interesting things here and I'm um, uh, Again, like um, Victor Lavelle's uh, Destroyer, I'm I'm hooked again. Yeah, <laughs> it's this, so annoying. This time it's <laughs> even more annoying because you've had two issues and now you've got to wait yeah. for issue three. But the but, what I what I found with this is it's it's like the juxtaposition of a a a, a, um, a society that relies on gods for everything, mm. for money, for everything. They rely on these gods and they are bound to these gods. They are chained. These guys, and then you've got these uh, the no goddies, the shapers, who are completely free. They're completely free. They can do whatever they want, whenever they want, and they they you know, they they are the architects of this world because they ultimately choose what happens to your god. When when you t- when you put your god in the hands of a shaper, he does what he wants with it. He doesn't have to do what you tell him to do. You can't stop him. Um, and you've got um, the the whole Cantic movement as well. It's like freedom. It's music without gods. That that's what it is. the The foundation of it is in this book is that it is music without the enhancement of gods. Because you get the impression that most of the pop stars that are around, most of the famous musicians that people are listening to, um, in this world are using gods to enhance their music, to enhance their voice, so auto tune things like that. And it, it's got that you know that kind of it's 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 got the element there that you know this is this is punk you know this is this is what it is it's it's music without it's it's raw powerful freedom i guess is what i get from it and it's it's these people are free from the chains of society because they don't have to rely on gods they can do whatever they want um and yeah it's, yeah. it's like it's, it is like a sort of uh an outcry um um and 
the how the world is sort of set up. Yeah, um, uh, you... yeah, it, it, it's it's cool because um, yeah, as you were saying, with what's happened at the beginning of the story, well, not at the beginning of the story, but what happens in the history of the story, where in the late fifties, uh, well, I think it says physics went screwy. Yeah, like it's interesting to see. Like, I love alternate history stuff and alternate future stuff, and uh, it's interesting to have this setup. Mm. See, most people um, might get annoyed that that doesn't get explained, but I don't want them to explain it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it as yeah, I like it being set dressing as a, as a backdrop. Uh, and yeah. they, they may they may go into more detail into the past in the future, but like for me, I'm just caught up in what's going on in the story, and yeah. it, none of it feels really contrived. I mean, issues one and two have situations that. Uh, sort of tell you more about uh, the lead character, N.A., mm. and uh, his relationship with, uh, is it Bud, the little... Cool yeah, Bud, god. The, the, yeah. Uh, the the god with no human. With a love for hats. Yes. Um, and, yeah, you just feel like there's a sort of uh, Han Solo... Um, Chewbacca a, type Chewbacca thing. vibe yeah. going on, I yeah. quite like. Uh, and I'm interested to see where they go further especially with how the second issue ends i think um, but, yeah but this one is a definite recommendation mm. for me no yeah i like i like it and i think it's something that i think i think it's a great book and it's a, it, in places it's a great expression of freedom and i think people should people should read it um and it's another one that we've both read because this is one that i've been hounding people to pick up um, and I think people have finally started to pick it up, started reading it, and this is one of my favourites actually at the moment. It's Curse Words. So I'm up to issue five now, and uh, I just wanted to have a little bit of a talk about it. Now Leon started reading it, and has might have something to say about it. So um, I've written something about this already on the Ace Comicals blog, and um, I've definitely probably, checked that out. Yeah, I've probably mentioned it on previous um, podcasts as well from time to time. Um, but Curse Words is written by Charles Saul and art is by Ryan Brown. So it already comes from quite a comics pedigree because Charles Saul has written Daredevil, She-Hulk. Uh, he was the Death of Wolverine guy. He's done various Star Wars comics. Um He's done all kinds of stuff. Um, he's very seasoned within comics world, and uh, yeah, it, it shows. You know, it, these guys are professionals. They know exactly what they're doing, and this book is great. Um, so, it follows the story of our man Wizard, as I've mentioned before, who is from an alternate dimension and finds himself on Earth, sent there with the First of all, with the purpose of conquering Earth for his master, Syzygy. Um, decides that he doesn't want to do that. That he quite likes Earth. That he quite, like be- he quite likes being free from his master's fist. So uh, he decides to sort of carve his own way. And uh, he becomes like a, a huge celebrity. You know, people of Twitter love him. They love his little friend, Margaret, who's a koala. starts off as a rat and becomes a koala there's actually a hashtag going on twitter at the moment it's like team margaret which is the same (laughs) one that's going in the book which i think is quite interesting that's Um, awesome yeah and um it's uh yeah it's just it's absolutely insane (laughs) it's the easiest way to describe it because it's magic and comedy and more magic and he gets himself into these situations because He's made he's made a living on Earth by pretending or, or seemingly caring about the people of Earth and using his magic to help them. Yeah, it's like a wizard for hire, isn't he? Mm, yeah, but then you get you get sort of later on you start to see cracks appear in that. Like he's kind of just self preservation, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's beautiful because it's, yeah. Um, you sort of see the seduction because, like, he arrives and he's like, "What is this weird world?" And he's got his big plan of what he's been sent to do and what he's going to do. And then, uh, just bit by bit, New York starts to win him over. And then he just has the flick of like, "Man, 
I love this city. <laughs> I love that bit in issue one with the cops where he's turned onto stone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and because he's he's done something awful, but then he just like completely spins it into him being a hero. And like, <laughs> and like the the way the issue opens, where it's sort of like the cold open, which I like a, that this does. Yeah, uh, where you don't get the title screen for a few pages in, but this one, uh, it it just it is a great cold open where you have this uh, musician who uh, like has conquered everything but wants to keep uh, his uh, competition behind him so he wants he wants to become platinum like literally platinum Uh, and it's just such a great sort of handling of like what celebrity would be like in a world where you've got uh, a a famous uh, wizard who can do this stuff it is quite cool and like saying like be careful what you wish for type thing yeah <laughs> i want to go platinum i want to literally be platinum <laughs> he's he's like a, he's a caricature of justin bieber if you're interested yeah but <laughs> it's like, and um it's basically this uh syzygy doesn't like this he doesn't like that wizard's enjoying himself so the the following few books after issue one is basically wizard sending various people to kill him um, even in issue one, somebody appears to try and kill him. Yeah. It's one of the first things that happens, actually. Someone turns up, blows a hole in the wall of his office and tries to smoke him, basically. Um, but, yeah, he, he sort of, like, digs him. He's like, it seems like he's digging himself a deeper and deeper hole, and I love it, because it's like... <laughs> yeah, because even just where I'm up to in the first... Uh, yeah. what, what happens in the first two issues is, like... Um, yeah, it's just digging a hole where it's... Um, it's like spinning plates in, in a really dumb way where you're just creating another issue further down the line. <laughs> so it's it's funny how how like sort of um not not far focused he is, how he, he's very sort of just dealing with the now. Yeah. And it, uh, yeah, I think he even says uh I think things were moving pretty fast on, on one of his bad decisions. But yeah, I, I love it because it's funny uh, and um light but not not empty mm. um and i love the the conversations you get with uh is it syzygy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and and his lackeys and uh and how and all, all the banter um you get with uh wizard and margaret like and it, it just feels really fun and it, i like that it handles uh like magic and stuff but in a non-gothic way instead it feels uh, quite contemporary, but also alien. Yeah, and he's like, ah, oh, he's like his the other characters that are in it as well. The other people that Syzygy has on his payroll per se are like real characters, all of them. And it's hard, it's hard to to kind of describe some of it and some of what I love about it without spoiling it a little bit. Um, so I'm not gonna go too far into that part but yeah, i'd be restrained yeah it's hard it's difficult but the artwork is absolutely fantastic yeah it's so graphic and bold and bright and it's just like <laughs> everything is in like hawaiian punch is the yeah. best way to describe it everything in this book is like it, it's in that tie-dye pastel blue pink yellow but like even with like orange the first... Uh, cover yeah. of the word like curse words on it big bold and you've got like that uh fusurish uh pinkish purpley color yeah like, uh transitioning across like uh, i love it and the, the 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 kind of television tracking fizz across the curse words logo yeah yeah where it's like glitching out yeah no it's it's brilliant and the, the color palette in it is fantastic and it's it's very it's very now it's very contemporary, but I think that's on purpose because a lot of it is a caricature, actually, of today's world. This um, is one I could so see a parent as like an FX comedy. I wouldn't want I it could to, though. So see that happening, like <laughs> I could so see that happening, just because of its setup and uh, him just meeting all these weird, wonderful people. While you have sort of. A villain of the issue coming after him like um it, it i don't know it, it just it handles that dynamic really well mm. um and it's such a good setup i just hope that um 
I mean, from what you've said, it, it sounds like it's sustaining up to issue five at the very least. Yeah. I hope that it uh, keeps it up. But again, it's so annoying. I can't believe you've done this to me, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Three comics that I've got to read on the go. I've turned like, you. I've turned you into a monthly. That man. is really annoying. But um, yeah. three very good comics uh, that I've been reading this uh, this episode. And um, yes, it's weird because um, like I I hadn't even read because uh, this is image, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, and, yeah. Again, the other, two, the other two I've read were were Boom, and I don't think I've read uh, any Boom comics before that. Well, the Boom comics I'm now currently reading—they're all like basically it's Boom comics has started with um, God Shaper for me, and then mm. moved on to Narm Wolf, and now oh, Narm Wolf Boom as well. Yeah, and now I'm reading Destroyer. Yeah. Oh wait, no, no, Narm Wolf isn't Boom. Narm Wolf is Albatross Funny Books. God shape is boom. Is, is yes, yeah. Sorry, Narmwolf, you're not boom. Sorry, I I, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Narmwolf is uh, Albatross Funny Books. I should know that because I raved about it and I love it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, Narmwolf is the same people that do Hillbilly, um, uh, which is that like another one that it's like a kind of like a, a really cool cult book with like decent artwork. Um, and uh, I think the artist from that had done a. Uh, cover for Narmorf, which I've got. That's the first cover I've got for Narmorf number one. Narmorf number two, which um, is something I'm looking forward to, which comes out um, today because you will be listening to this on Wednesday the 31st of, um, or t- well, on or after Wednesday the 31st of May. So Narmorf two should be out by then, and there's a Mike Mignola cover, which I'm looking forward to getting hold of if I, I can get hold of. Yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of noise about that actually when I, what I've seen on Twitter and Facebook and everything else, social media. It's like everyone's like, look at the Mike McNola cover. So I'm really excited for that. It looks really cool cover as well. Quite like I quite like it, just Mike McNola's thing is just you know horror art, isn't it? It really is. He's kind of cemented that now. He's good at that. Um, yeah, last one that I have here in my stack to talk about this is vast becoming the image cast because we talk about a lot of image <laughs> comics and there's another one that is published through image which is called rose which i may have mentioned before previously on another podcast but only in passing and i haven't actually had a proper chance to wax lyrical about this book um but it's a fantasy story it's a fantasy story with a female lead um it starts off with a young girl celebrating a birthday. Um, she's got magical powers that she didn't realise she had. Uh, we're in a world that is ruled by an evil empress. Who... She wants to expunge... The, there's these... Um, these heroes that you that would that used to defend the world. They were like a council of heroes. Each one had a, a, a large cat... As like a, a kind of like a, an animal totem slash, you know, you know, like He-Man and Battle Cat. Kind of like that. Mm. Um, so you've got the um, the young girl named Rose. Um, her village is destroyed by these people. They're hunting down people that can use magic because people that can use magic are people that can potentially become these heroes by from the sounds of things from what I'm getting from issues one and two. Um, and she, she's just learning how to use it, basically. She doesn't really understand the majority of what's going on. She's angry, um, and she wants revenge, and, um, book one and two is basically her figuring out what's going on, what she is, her allies, who are the people that she runs into after escaping her village and save her. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just a great fantasy story. Um, you've got like the, the, the great cats, as I've mentioned, um, they're like the, they, 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 and the heroes are called the guardians and, uh, she, she's like a guardian, but she doesn't know it yet. Um, I get the impression that maybe her father was a guardian. Um, and she's like the last of her kind now. And it's going to be her job, basically, to take down this evil empress. And while it's quite a 
Well, it's not. I don't want to say that. It's not a... So I've read a lot of fantasy stories. And, you know, there's only so many roads you can travel down, I guess. There's not a lot of n- new ways to do fantasy stories. But it's it's quite a, a classic fantasy story. It's quite a good fantasy story. Um, in in that it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, a nice classic fantasy story when you've seen these old 80s fantasy movies um things like uh oh that uh, princess bride that style no 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 more along the lines of um which is the one with the cyclops i can't remember the name of it now but it's um krull uh, so like crawl, um Yeah, it's got stuff like it's a bit of Krull about it, a bit of Dungeons and Dragons about it, a bit of um like I said, it's got e- echoes of He Man with everyone having these great cat buddies. Clash uh, of the Titans? There's a no, not, not, there? not Clash of the Titans, more um some a lot of them are B movies. They didn't mm. do very well big big style, but like Conan the Barbarian but without a barbarian type thing. Yeah. That kind of it's that kind of thing, you know. It's that kind of fantasy, and it's really, really good. Um, and yeah, it's just a classic fantasy story. I like my fantasy stuff, and it, it works really well. It's really nice, and it's a joy to read. And the artwork is really good. Again, um, the artwork is it feels very contemporary. It's um, it, it's like uh, it's got like a, a little bit of Disney about it in the expressiveness of the faces. Like the way the faces have done, it's got like that Disney animation, a little bit of Disney animation about it when you see some of the faces that people are pulling. But it's it's mm. more detailed and it's more grown up, so less uh, less cartoon than Disney animation. But it's yeah. got it's got that Disney animation about it in the expressiveness, and you can see it moving. And you could see this as an animation actually, um, but it, it it's it's like it echoes the 80s and 90s in fantasy art and everything else it's got ec- it's just got very clear echoes of that mm. so it's very um it's very nostalgic actually <laughs> reading it uh but i would very much recommend this book which is why i'm talking about it i'd recommend i recommend everything because i'm very easily pleased but until <laughs> so until leon and ray read it don't, <laughs> don't bother <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's um it's really good it's a really good fantasy story and uh you know strong female leads and everything else and i, I quite I, i'm really enjoying it so i guess you know what? it's got like a little bit of red sonya about it as well and yeah yeah uh yeah i was thinking that I yeah, didn't it. it's, yeah yeah it's, it's one of those type of stories maybe not but but i guess it's it's a little i mean yeah yeah, I, I can see it. Yeah, no, I I really like it, and um, I'm following that now. And we've got two issues of it, and the story's getting good because I get the feeling she's about to discover her her um her cat. Um, she's she's discovering who she is. She's discovered she can use magic. She's she's like does something, and then she's like, "How did I do that?" And the, you know, her her allies are like explain yourself. You know, you you shouldn't be able to do that. You're like one of them type thing, and it's bad guys and undead guardians and it's just it's also very cool and so very fast moving at the moment and uh it makes sense obviously it makes sense it's not it's not so fast moving that it doesn't make sense but you get you get the feeling that she's getting you know like the whirlwind that's going on like what is this i was just having a birthday and i was enjoying myself chilling out and then everything burns down everybody i know and love dies and then this so but yeah, it's 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 great, and I'd pick mm. it up and follow it because I, I quite enjoy it. And Meredith Finch is the writer, um, Ig Guara artist. So cool. yes, very cool. Yeah, so um, I think we're out of comics, aren't we, Liam? I think somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so that wraps it up for the main stuff we wanted to talk about a couple of things i'm looking forward to i've already mentioned nam wolf 2 um also one that i've had my eye on for today is an anthology book published on image again because we're now the image cast i've decided because we don't read anything else upon the sound of it um, i in the boom <laughs> cast as well yeah exactly <laughs> um we've um 
we is a book called uh, Packless or Parkless. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, but it's an anthology book of weird sci-fi, strange tales coming out on Image, um, and that will be today or after today. If you if you're listening to this podcast, today is the 31st of may which is when this podcast will air and if you're listening to this podcast after that the book's out on the stands get it um, <laughs> and it's uh it's an anthology of short stories uh, that will continue um and it's weird sci-fi stories and one of the first stories is um a man becoming complacent in a world where everyone is bugs or something along those lines <laughs> it's very it's very uh very weird tales type thing um mm. So we've got a story called Mushroom Bodies where it's like uh, a guy coming complacent in a world of insects that are also people. It's like weird, like you see him talking to somebody and then the next minute that, like I've seen previews of the pages, you see him talking to somebody and then the next minute that person is a giant millipede or something weird like that. Um, And you've got like some sci-fi story about a war hero who's on a mission to the centre of the galaxy because of something to do with his father's lab work and uh, science, which I'm quite interested in. Uh, as in the third story in this one is called Amina Cycle, which is a jet wing pilot, and she goes AWOL. Um, and we've got, like... Uh, it just it sounds totally out there, which is why I'm interested in it. It's like one of these, like... You don't get stuff like this anymore, I guess, where it's just so completely removed from everything and out there. These really out there sci-fi stories. It's probably really, mo- probably more popular in the seventies and early eighties. You know, like um, some of the stuff you might have found published in heavy metal. Yeah, yeah. It's that it's a little I thought bit. That's that. what you're thinking of. Yeah, it's it's got that about it, but it's a bit different to that. It's not heavy metal because heavy metal was very B movie. This this is very high concept stuff from the sounds mm. of it so I'm very excited about this so this is these are my two recommendations this time pick up Narmorph 1 pick up Narmorph 2 read, pa- read Packless um, yeah so if you're going out and buying comics buy those those are what I'm telling you to look out for um, so yeah that, that I guess wraps it up for today so that was another show without Rahul so I'm, I, I hope he makes it back from Wales eventually I hope he makes it out of the maze Ray versus Kylo <laughs> Ray versus Kylo in the maze. Um, I, 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 I'd like to think of it more. If we're going to go with the Star Wars analogy, it's going to be him with Yoda on his back. <laughs> running, running around the woods. And then like he, he sees like versions of himself. And he has to cut his own head off with a lightsaber like, like Luke did with the Vader thing. And yeah. That just sounds like a Tuesday in London. <laughs> cuts Vader's head off takes off the mask and it's Ray's head underneath that's how you navigate the district line <laughs> what with a Yoda on your back you, yeah you, yeah well you gotta have the Yoda you scan your Oyster card and you're like I'm not scared and then he's like you will be <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there we go um, that's been Ace Comicals issue 10 episode 10 um, you can find us on Facebook at Ace Comicals. You can find us on Twitter at Ace Comicals. You can find us on WordPress, which is acecomicals.wordpress.com. You can find us um, on iTunes under Ace Comicals. You can find us on your favourite podcast app under Ace Comicals. We know that we can be found on Pocket Cast because that's the one we use, but I'm pretty sure whatever you use, you will probably be able to find us. Um, if you have any questions for us, um, you can field those to acecomicals at gmail.com or you can field those to the Ace Comicals Twitter. You can get in touch with me uh, under Abato at Twitter, which is B-A-T-T-O-U. Uh, Leon, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Leon Everett. Yeah, so um, if you have questions for Leon as well, you'll be able to get a hold of Leon through all the Ace Comicals channels, I'm pretty sure. And um, Ace Comicals, over and out.